After going on a streak where the Tigers won six straight and seven of eight at one point, they've now turned around and lost six of their last seven. After getting shut out and dominated yet again by Tristan McKenzie, same old story, different day. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, July 15th. Happy Friday, everybody, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast the Detroit Tigers drop their game on Thursday four to nothing at the hands of the Cleveland Guardians in Cleveland Tristan McKenzie absolutely shoves uh yet again this has been a reoccurring theme for this dude's entire career it, it has been just absolutely dominating the Detroit Tigers um it, it's it, it's almost unexplainable I don't want to just like slam like he has a three two ERA on the year. He he was he was a highly pretty highly regarded prospect coming up. He's got really really nasty stuff, um, but it, it 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 just seems like against the Tigers it's different. He dominates this franchise. I mean seriously, it's it's remarkable how. Every single time he takes the bump, you know you're you're not just going to lose. Like, you might not get a hit. Every single time this dude takes the bump. He went eight innings, five hits, no runs, no walks, and a career-high 12 Ks. And that is not an outlier in, in his career against the Detroit Tigers. That is the norm. That is, like, correct. <laughs> That is very on par with with what he has done. He has they, they showed a graphic on Bally that that Tristan McKenzie. I, I think they said he has four career ten strikeout games. He's faced the Tigers six times. Three of his four career ten strikeout games are against the Detroit Tigers, and he's pitched against us in his career six times. Remarkable stuff. So. That was the story of this one. The the offense, you want to talk about the offense? Okay, this is going to be a crazy breakdown. Are you ready? Everyone looked terrible. There you go. There's not a single person that appeared to have an edge over Tristan McKenzie, except Miguel Cabrera, I guess, is the only one. Didn't strike out once the entire night. Hit the ball to the outfield consistently. Uh, hit the ball pretty hard at, at that to the outfield consistent, consistently. Went two for four on the night uh, and, and and had some flyouts too. I think that that is the only person that you can say looked solid at the plate. Outside of Miguel Cabrera, we only three people even recorded uh, 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 not only a hit, only three people besides Miguel Cabrera got on base tonight. Riley Green went 0 for 4 with 4Ks. That is, I've been watching Riley Green since he was in high school. This was probably the most lost, not even lost, because that's that's maybe even too dramatic. It's definitely too dramatic. And that is the most uh, 
ineffective, uncompetitive. That's the word. That is, he, that is the most uncompetitive I've probably ever seen Riley Green in a baseball game at, at any level in my life. He he was again Tristan McKenzie. Like that's uh, if he takes the bump against it. There was one time last season where Mr. McKenzie was struggling a, a boatload, like to the point where he got option to triple a, the tigers went into Cleveland. Mm, I don't know if it, if it was home around the road. Actually, I don't remember, but they had us on the schedule coming up and they recalled McKenzie to the majors just to face the Detroit tigers and then proceeded to send him back down. I don't know what it is, but he dominates this team. He is the the mayor of this city. It's unbelievable, and it it just keeps happening. It's it's very, like I said, kind of unexplainable. So, Riley Green completely ineffective. Uh, Victor Reyes did get a hit, but wildly ineffective uh the only people that didn't record a strikeout in this one were spencer torkelson and miguel cabrera everybody else at least struck out once eric haas jamer candelario and riley green all struck out at least two times and riley green as we talked about uh wearing the golden sombrero 0 for 4 with 4ks um i i mean i <laughs> javi baez got the day off even though we're only what four games three now after the game games away from the all-star break uh like there, there was just absolutely no offense and it was everything was working for him his fastball was was great his fastball command in the beginning was really solid admittedly by the seventh and eighth inning eighth inning the fastball command kind of went out the window and it just didn't matter there, there was one point in, I believe it was the eighth inning. There was one point where, where he was honestly just throwing like 95, pretty much over the heart of the plate, and it just didn't matter. We, we just couldn't hit it. The beginning of the game, he was on point with everything. The first four, five, probably even six innings. He, he, he was really on point with everything. His curveball has, has great movement, great spin. Um, but, but by that seventh and eighth, the fastball command was, was not as good and it just didn't matter. The Tigers, it, we, we weren't hitting it with, with, uh, with a paddle nonetheless with a bat. So that's just, again, same old story. And then, you know, class a is, is, is one of the best relievers in the entire sport. And he came in in the ninth and, uh, we didn't fare that much better against him. So (laughs) there's your offensive breakdown. I guess if you want to talk in terms of, uh, I don't know, actually. I don't even know where I was going that. I was going to say, if we wanted to talk in terms of what players have been doing lately, but there's really like nothing changed on that front tonight because no one had a really good game. So there's not like, oh, this person's been struggling, but tonight that didn't happen. It, it was just an absolutely dominant performance by McKenzie. And like I said, Miguel Cabrera was the only person that looks really solid in the plate in the box, rather at the plate. Jamer Candelario, two K's just continues to, to not look good. He's a guy that, that I think we have to keep an eye out for, for what will happen during the all-star break. I'm not saying it's a guarantee that he's doing anything. They might just ride it out. Like the season is pretty much uh, over anyway, in terms of 
if the Tigers are going to actually be competitive. That ship has long sailed. So I, I, I'm not sure that it's um, – I'm not sure it's a guarantee. They might just write it out and see what they have with them. But uh, there, there's something to be said for, for the performance. I mean, he looks really – some of the worst he's looked in the batter's box since he's been a Detroit Tiger. And there are some rough early years of Jamer Candelario that, that we, you know, at least we forget about. Jonathan Scope does get a hit. Still do- doesn't really help anything on the season. Um, we did not have a single extra base hit. All five hits were singles and we didn't record any walks. So the Detroit Tigers had five hits. Austin Hedges, who is consistently one of the worst hitters in all of baseball year in and year out. And only has a job because catcher defense and framing is a thing had two hits. Austin Hedges, two for four. Detroit Tigers, five total hits in nine innings. Not great. All right, let's get into the pitching where there actually is some stuff to talk about. It's not much better news, but there is some stuff to talk about. First, though, we are going to talk about our friends over at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond's shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is truly one of a kind. So whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help find a memorable gift at every budget so make your moment sparkle with with the jewelry from bluenile.com and locked on tigers listeners are getting 50 dollars off of purchases 500 dollars or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement you can use code locked on that's code locked on plus every order is insured it ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside you can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at bluenile.com today All right, everybody, welcome back to our second segment here at Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay, the offense was non-existent, so let's get to the pitching. Uh, look, for what it's worth, Elvin Rodriguez recovered pretty nicely. All right, he went five and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, four walks, and four Ks. He was an out away from a quality start, which is remarkable given the first two innings, Um, but settled in decently nicely. So here's the thing. We've talked about it a lot on this show. The Chris Fetter philosophy for young pitchers is you will pound the strike zone. You will. That is your job. You will make the other team beat you. You will not beat yourself. You will not walk a ton of hitters. You, you, You will not put yourself behind in counts you will force the other team to beat you and that's been a reoccurring theme with a lot of young pitchers and that is something that Elvin completely failed at the first two innings of this game his and and it wasn't a failure in he I don't want to follow the philosophy or anything he was trying it was a failure in execution because the command was absolutely brutal elvin rodriguez he for the first two innings he could not have hit water if he fell out of a boat 
Uh, he threw almost not mm, that's I was about to be really dramatic and I, and I shouldn't be. He threw 57% four seam fastballs on the game, 94 pitches, 54 of them were four seam fastballs. That is a very high number. That is incredibly fastball heavy, right? Um, only recorded six whiffs. Four of them were on the slider. Now along, let's go back to those first two innings. In the first two innings, the only thing that was working for him was the slider low and away. When he could hit that spot, and it, honestly, in the first inning, admittedly, it was probably just because of the shadows. The, the shadows, the pitcher's mound was in the sun. The batter's box was in the shade. That is a, a recipe for disaster. Um, that is unbelievably difficult to not only catch as a catcher, to be honest with you, but it's it's nearly impossible to hit breaking balls when you have the ball going from in the shade to out of the shade and in the middle of, of a pitch and everything it makes it very difficult. But for whatever it's worth, the slider low and away, he executed really well and, and got so several swings and misses in the first two innings on it. Um, the, the issue was just, again, the, the command all over was, was really brutal. He, he was missing spots by three feet for, for the four seam fastball he was missing most of his spots with the slider. It's just when he did hit low and away, it usually resulted in a swing and a miss. Uh, four of his six whiffs were on the slider, as we said. Uh, the curveball he threw a couple of times, and then the changeup he threw 10 times um, as well. CSW percentage of 18%. That's called strikes and whiffs. 19 foul balls, 19 balls put in play. Average exit velocity of over 93 miles an hour. That is hot. It, it, it's again, the, the first two innings were really brutal because of command. And then after that, the remainder of the outing, he at least found his command well enough to where he could pound the strike zone. And the Cleveland guardians are not a very good offense. They're really not. It's J Ram kind of Fran meal. Um, uh, well, I mean, like, it, it's honestly, it's not as bad as it used to be. They've added some pieces. Josh Naylor has had a really, really good year this year. Um, Rosario's had a really solid year. Jimenez has had a phenomenal season. So it, it's definitely better than than it was. Like, two years ago, it was literally J-Ram and a, a bunch of, like, no ones. So they've they've improved it a little bit, but it's still not a, not a prolific offense by any stretch. And so... He pounded the strike zone, and it helped him. I'm just not realizing. I said first two innings. He definitely didn't give up any runs in the first. Um, uh, the The command issues were mostly in the second and third, and then in the fourth, fifth, and start of the sixth is when the, the, the command got significantly better. That's my fault. Um, but point still remains. The, the command got better enough to where – he was able to at least pound the strike zone and, and carry through the philosophy that has been so apparent for young pitchers for the Tigers this year. And he was able to do that and didn't give up any runs the rest of the outing. So so props to him for buckling down there, kind of staring adversity in the face. And, and you know, it was his own fault. He walked four hitters in, in five innings. But uh, – to, to, to be able to, to dig himself out of that hole, I guess, was was pretty impressive to see. Uh, after the game, he got optioned back to AAA. Not a very surprising thing. 
A corresponding move hasn't been announced yet. I'm assuming it'll be announced before the game tomorrow and they'll just wait it out. Um, it, it, I mean, it could be anything, honestly. It could be, uh, you know, you, you need more pitching help maybe, or if, if you're set with who you're throwing for the last three games before the All-Star break, maybe you just bring up another hitter just to have another hitter. Cody Clemens, for what it's worth, has three home runs in his first three games back in Toledo. Uh, he he has three games, three homers since since getting demoted, uh, which is just uh, on kind of unreal. And he was swinging a little bit of a hotter stick there the last few days before games he played in, I should say, not days before getting demoted. But um, so we'll, may, maybe it's just calling him back up. Maybe it is pitching help. Um, I, I don't know. Drew Hutchinson is starting Friday's game. And we'll we'll see what they want to go with for the rest of the series, and then we we can take a nice needed four days off, um, for well three days off I guess, and then a doubleheader like first day back from the All Star break, the Tigers playing a doubleheader. Just this season is so ridiculous. So that is Elvin Rodriguez's uh, story for the game. That's his stat line. That's how he performed. Uh, back down to AAA afterwards. Jason Foley then takes the bump. Clean shave. Crazy, not crazy. Just like apparent mustache. New new, uh, new facial hairstyle for Jason Foley. He went one and a third, one hit, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts. Uh, the sinker looked really, really good. It induced several ground balls. It was really effective. I continue to be a huge fan of the Jason Foley sinker. Uh, he threw 18 pitches, 12 of them were the sinker, three sliders, two change-ups, and a four-seam fastball. Um, uh, yeah, I, I am unbelievably impressed with that pitch. I think it has really good movement. It has really good velocity. I think it's a really lethal ground ball pitch, and it was very effective. Four times it was put in play, and uh, he only gave up one hit, and, and, and that was it, and got out of uh, more than an inning of work done under his belt. So really, really solid outing from Foley. Continue to be impressed by that. His ERA is down to 3-3-4. And then Tyler Alexander, one inning, two hits, one run, one walk, one K. Just didn't really have it today, whether it was stuff or command. Uh, pretty, honestly, brutal performance all around. I, the, the fact that it was only this bad is, is honestly somewhat of a um, – he should be thankful that it wasn't worse, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and I like Tyler Alexander in this role. I like him as a, as a long reliever, you know, spot starter if you need it. That, that's been my take his entire career. That That's what I've thought that his role should be. And this is only one outing. It's fine, whatever. But this was not a very good outing. The stuff was not there. The movement was not there. Um, the, the velocity uh, on some of his pitches were, were even, like, slower than they usually are. His slider – Came in way slower than what we're used to. I uh, threw a lot of the cutter. It, it was decently effective, and and pretty much any other pitch he threw besides the cutter was not effective at all, uh, including the the one that got deposited into right field. He had yeah, he got hit really hard. He was not fooling very many people. It was a pretty rough outing for Alexander. Um, yeah, okay. So did I say left field? I think that homer was the right field. I might maybe I said right field. I don't know. Okay, let's get into the remainder of the game. Uh, we got some roster moves, etc., to talk about, and then we'll kind of just talk about the state of the team heading into uh, 
the, the, the last three games here before the All-Star break. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sporting events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. I'm Scott Bentley. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a good Friday. Hope you're not letting this team ruin your weekend. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend in the Metro Detroit area. The All-Star game will be super fun. Then we got the draft on Sunday. It's going to be a really, really fun weekend. And the draft is kind of what uh, we'll talk about it a, a little bit today. This is the last show before it. So we'll talk about it a, a, a little bit here just to end the show. This, this game was a disaster. We don't have too much more to say on that. So looking ahead, right? Let's just not, not specifically or solely the draft, but just the entire, Oh, it's Jose Cisnero. There you go. I just got the, uh, the, the notification right now in the middle of the show. Elvin Rodriguez, this is via Jason Beck. Elvin Rodriguez optioned back to Toledo to make room for Jose Cisneros' return from the injured list. Additional move coming Friday to open a 40-man roster sp- spot since Cisneros was on the 60-day IL. Uh, that makes sense because um, when you're on the 60-day, you don't take up a 40-man spot, but when you're on the 10-day, you do. So since he's been on the 60 all year, we, we've just been rocking with 40. Um, so we will have to... to either DFA somebody or, or, or whatnot, wave somebody if it's a minor leaguer to make room for Cisnero. But Jose Cisnero will be back in the bullpen. I mean, the rich get richer as far as that's concerned, right? That's the only thing we got going for us is just we have a stellar bullpen. Um, and so we're adding a, a dude who has been objectively one of our best relievers since we brought him in in, in 2020. And uh, yeah, for the last two seasons, he's been one of our uh, one of our best best higher leverage dudes back there pitched a ton of innings last year a ton and uh, got a little bit of dead arm at the end of last season then got injured in uh well preseason spring training whatever the heck you want to call the the before the season started in the lockout era um got hurt there so good to have him back will be nice to see. Um, yeah, and this bullpen just continues to be an absolute juggernaut and, and a really big strength of the team. That being said, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, the remainder of the month of July, we're going to have to make some tough decisions as an organization. This is a massive failure of a season. And it is, they're going to trade people. They're going to, they're, they're, we're not standing pat at what? 16, 17 games under 500. We're not standing pat and we're sure as heck aren't buying. (laughs) They're going to trade some pieces and 
what do we have to trade? I think I've talked about this like two days in a row in like passing comments, but now we get to have a real conversation about it. What do we have to trade? Is there a single bat that has any remote value to anybody else? Probably not. You might be able to convince somebody to give you some super low-level prospects, prospect maybe singular for scope just because expiring deal Maybe he'll get hot again, and he's the best defender in baseball. Maybe you can convince someone to give you something small for that, but that's not going to be a very big return. I guess somebody might want Robbie Grossman. I, I can't imagine why, but maybe, right? That, and that's like it. And and even those two are like real long shots to be honest with you scope is is the only one that like could happen just because of how incredible he's been defensively and if it's a team that doesn't necessarily need a bat like super badly but second base as a whole maybe they just take a flyer on him for for some low-level prospects but um i wouldn't expect too much and i wouldn't hold my breath on on any bat getting moved now you get to the starting rotation we're not going to move any of the young kids that have come up and, and like, like Bo Brisky. Like he, he, Hey, he doesn't even really have value to other organizations because no one really knows what he's going to be. And, and B there's, there's no reason that we would trade him. We're not in the market to trade starting pitchers. We have drew Hutchinson starting once every five days. We're not about to move a starter. It's absolutely depleted with injuries. Um, it's, it, it's just not happening. Tarek Skubal is the only one that, that has any value. You would get a, a pretty darn good return, but that that's the only guy, and I can't imagine they would trade him unless they think this rebuild has failed. That's the only way you move Tarek Skubla is if you and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when uh when a, a, a retired beat writer made a comment about trading Skubla. The only way you do that is if you completely think that this rebuild has failed and, and you wanna uh, you know, again, retool, trade a guy for prospects again. I don't think they're, they're going to do that. So all you have to offer is relief pitching. Now you have quite a few and they're all really good. In theory, you could just deplete your entire bullpen and probably get some decent prospects back. That, that is feasible. A return for Gregory Soto, multiple years of team control, a lefty that throws 100 with movement. There's a lot of teams that would line up and give you a pretty darn good return for that. I know everybody loves to clown on him. Oh, he makes everything so stressful. Oh, whatever. The fact of the matter is, there is a relatively young, controllable lefty that throws 100 with movement. Teams are going to be lining up around the block to give you a, a pretty decent return if you were to put him available on the market. Andrew Chafin, you gave him some money, right, for a reliever. You gave him a pretty decent contract for uh, as far as relief pitcher standards, but only, what, a two-year deal? So controllable. For, for beyond this season, even, even if it uh, even if it is at the end of this season, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it was a two year deal, though. Um, that's you can you can get a pretty decent return for that. He's been one of the best lefty relievers in all of baseball this year and last year, the last two years in a row. Now, um, you, you could absolutely get a decent return for Andrew Chafin. Michael Fulmer. 
you could get a, a pretty nice return for Michael Fulmer. Again, this is all like as far as relief returns go. I'm not saying you're going to get anybody's like number one prospect in their organization, but you, you could get a pretty decent return for Michael Fulmer. Has, has a sub two ERA. And like Alex Lang's not getting moved. That That's a guy that, you know, is, is, has so much control left that it, it doesn't even make sense to move him from our perspective. It would be a crazy return. Uh, but but you're not they're not about to do that. And then the other one is Joe Jimenez, who I know in his most recent outing gave up some runs. However, has been really good this year. Has been really good this year. Um that 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 would be that would be the other like you could just decimate this bullpen and just load up on prospects and just kind of start over back there. Alex Lang's the new closer. Um, and you, you fill it with, with dudes in the, in the minors, but I, I don't think they're going to trade. I think it's Joe Jimenez and I'm not sure it's anybody else. Michael Fulmer, maybe those are the two guys that I, I'm pretty confident if we're going to move anybody, it's going to be one, if not both of those two. Besides that, I think we'll probably just sit on our hands and twiddle our thumbs and hope next year is better because that's what this front office is great at. Um, draft this Sunday starts this Sunday, I believe Sunday through Tuesday, Sunday through Monday. A lot of really fun players, um, a lot of different strategies going into it. I will be part of the Woodward Sports uh draft coverage there with uh Rahelio and and Chris Brown and uh and Uper and everybody so and, and they got uh, I think they have um Trevor Huth is is in town and going to do some coverage with us as well they they do a great job Rahelio and Chris every single year for the draft they bring uh, a lot of tigers and a lot of baseball minds just in general all together on like a, a stream or a, or a broadcast or whatever every single year. And I've, I've been a part of it. I did it last year. I, I feel like I've done it two years in a row. I definitely did it last year. My memory is clearly shot. As you can tell, I can't remember anything this episode apparently. Um, so I, I, I did it last year. I very much remember that. And, and it's always a great time. And, and uh, me and, and Rahelio and Chris have, have, crossed uh you know helped each other with content and and been guests on each other's shows and and all that stuff a, a plethora of times those are great dudes that i i love working with so that'll be a super fun thing so if you're looking for my last year i did like a crazy in-depth uh like every single pick gave a complete breakdown on who they were and everything um so this year if, if you want my my coverage i will be in studio over there at at woodward and um, we'll be doing their, their draft frenzy, uh, big, big draft coverage over there with those guys. So be sure to check that out. There's, there's a lot of really cool prospects. It's a really interesting class. It's a really interesting class. Um, it's weirdly deep and not super top heavy, but at the same time, depending on certain positions like college pitcher, it's, it's very shallow, very shallow. Um, I personally don't want us to take a picture in the first round. I know there's a lot of people that are best player available. Always. I, I agree with that. I don't see how there's any way 
that you can justify or convince me that the best player available at 12 will be a pitcher. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that that you don't go best player available. In baseball, you always go best player available. That is a general rule that, that I've always agreed with. But this Sunday, there is just no way that the best player available at 12 is a pitcher. There's no way that the, the board is going to fall that way. So we'll see what happens. Uh, some cool guys cross. Uh, I know Huth really likes cross out of Virginia. Um, I really like Jace. There, there's a, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting talent. A lot of really good prep bats that I don't think we're going to be able to get at twelve. Then we took a big step forward. We went from three to twelve in a year, and now we're probably going to be picking back around five again. Okay, that was sad. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. There you go. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for me. Um, I will be back on Monday. I don't know what we're going to do Monday. So here's the thing. As we head into the All-Star break, if if the weekend goes decent, I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys will have to let me know. I don't know if I want to do a reek uh, for Monday's show that I would record Sunday, right? I don't know if I want to do a recap of the three games that are about to happen and and recap the weekend as far as you know the last three games of the Cleveland series, and then make Tuesday's episode the draft show, or if I want to do Monday's show being the draft show because I'm not sure too many people care about like the fact that we're about to lose two of three from Cleveland this weekend and then do like a weekend recap on Tuesday and then maybe do an all-star festivities recap on Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to play it, but I'm, I'm in a battle in my head on whether I want to do game recap Monday draft Tuesday or draft Monday game recap Tuesday. Cause I don't want it to be like old news by the time I do it either. So I'm leading draft stuff Monday, but if enough people disagree with that and for whatever reason, then, then we'll just do it the, uh, the people's way. Okay. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you on Monday. Hopefully with a, with a couple of wins under our belt and a nice draft. Hopefully go Tigers, baby.